Welcome to the Heavenly Banquet, where the hungry are filled with good things. I'm Charlotte. I'm Chad. Merry Christmas, Chad. Merry Christmas. So we're in the first week of January, but we're still in the 12 days of Christmas, and I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you are too. You've been really busy this season yeah. and probably more reflective on the stories than I have. But I wanted to bring up a couple things since this is our chance to talk about the Christmas story. And one of those things is the fact that there are multiple nativity accounts right so we have the christmas there is a christmas story in luke and there is a christmas story in matthew why mm -hmm. am i bringing this up because our popular culture generally conflates the two stories i don't have yeah. like any kind of real issue with i guess one thing i'd love to invite our listeners to do is to use part of this 12 days of christmas to stop and read the first two chapters of Matthew and the mm -hmm. first two chapters of Luke, because they're quite different, aren't they? Mm -hmm. I think it's a similar situation to the two creation stories in Genesis. Yeah. They're, they're very, they're in some ways very distinct, different stories. On the other hand, I don't think they in any way contradict one another. Yeah. Or I'm in a kind of happy place with that. I don't really feel the need to harmonize the two of them. But I also don't see points where, oh, no, these two these two separate things can't both possibly be true. Yeah. I guess I want to get back to part of what we've talked about before with the idea of interpreting scripture. Mm -hmm. And the fact that nothing about the gospel self-attests to being some kind of um, historical account or clean biography of mm. the life of Christ. They are stories meant to bring us into belief, meaning they're stories that are offering to tell us something about Jesus and about who God is. And if they were supposed to be biographical inquisitions, then we should know things like what Jesus looked like, <laughs> what his favorite yeah. foods were, a whole bunch of details about his family, all of those empty speeches. How tall was he? Did he like to sing? Did he enjoy jazz? We don't know anything. So right. the stories are serving a different function. And I just think we need we need to be aware of that as we approach these texts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're not biographies. They're gospels. As you say, they have a completely different function. And the other thing, maybe people don't know this, but very early on in the history of the faith, people recognized that there were these differences in the gospel. And so they, very early on, you start seeing people trying to harmonize them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I'm sure we all wish we had a lot more information. I mean, you have the presentation at the temple, and then you have that one event when he's 12 years old, putting to shame all the all the scholars and then nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we need to be careful not to approach the Gospels as if they are biographies because our expectations will be disappointed. One other thing I saw this week was, oh, it's a brief, like a abstract from a sociologist, but she was like, have we ever, has anyone ever actually considered what the meaning of Christmas is? 
what What? yeah i read the tweet that way and then had to go back and be like oh you okay i read the thing and her point because it was like that's like all all that i think about is what the meaning of christmas (laughs) is right um but what she was bringing up was more in the popular culture and particularly that trope in movies right of christmas is in trouble or people aren't in the quote-unquote spirit of christmas you know, and that that's the conflict that needs to be overcome, right? Is either Christmas isn't going to show up because there's not enough whatever for presents or there's some other kind of problem. Um, and so we have to make Christmas happen. And the, and then the other trope of kind of, you know, like the Scrooge trope, basically, that somebody's not properly engaged with the Christmas spirit. And neither one of these necessarily have religious tones to them right Mm -hmm. these movies and things that we're thinking about but here's an opportunity though chad what's the meaning of christmas the incarnation of our lord (laughs) that's what it's about am i wrong no of course you're right (laughs) i just in my mind hearing (laughs) hearing that and y'all can't see his face which is like the (laughs) dur but i'm thinking you know what popped in my brain was like that moment in charlie brown's christmas where Mm -hmm. linus reads the scripture and if instead he was like that's what Christmas is all about charlie brown with that kind of face (laughs) (laughs) voice tone the incarnation of our Lord. <laughs> yeah, I mean, man, that's, you know, when Christmas comes around, it's such a great time to think about just the wonder of what it means for, you know, the word of God to uh, take on flesh and live among us as it is in, in John's gospel. Um. I don't think there's anything more marvelous or wonderful than that. And it's near impossible to express without saying things that sound, that at least sound, you know, completely paradoxical, Mm -hmm. right? So for instance, the one who came into this world as a tiny baby is the same one through whom this world came into being, you know. um, That's extraordinary. Right. I'm getting that from John 1, 3. All things came into being through him. And without him, not one thing came into being. Or, you know, the one who was sustained as a creature within this world is the same one who sustains all creation. That's wild. Right. Um, The one who is the ubiquitous divine presence is the same one who became located as one individual in history. You know, Jesus says in John eight fifty eight, very truly, I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. That's just, it's wild. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Gregory of Nyssa once says that, uh, he once said that if you really want to think about the transcendent power of God, don't think so much about how God brings creation into existence and sustains it, but think about how the transcendent God condescends, as he puts it, and enters into human history as a single person. Um, and yet in doing so, not a modicum of divinity is lost in that process. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, what a wonderful thing, uh, the incarnation of our Lord. So yeah, I don't know. That other stuff is important. I mean, Christmas can be such a stressful time for people. It's kind of unfortunate that we've created this situation where people put themselves into debt and uh, get stressed out because family's coming. And uh, man, just sit, just sit there and think about the incarnation. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Some angry kids out there. What? <laughs> I would love that. All the activity of Christmas Eve just to stop in the household or Christmas morning. The kids furiously at the presents. You, everybody, it's time to be quiet. <laughs> Think right. about the incarnation. That's I'm going right. to put an hour on the clock. I don't want to hear anything. <laughs> that's right. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that's extreme, but. Yeah, I don't think don't it's want... nearly enough time. <laughs> I know, right? But yeah, just a wonderful, marvelous thing. And uh, it's just one of the highlights of our faith, I think. Not to take away from Easter, you know, but Easter is, you know, the the cross is meaningless without the incarnation. There's no right. resurrection without the incarnation. So, no, it's an extraordinary mystery. And I, I don't begrudge anyone at all who all they get out of Christmas is like, be nice and be kind, be kind. You know, yeah. if that's the, that's the Christmas spirit that's getting sold, that's fine. But it's such a wild and paradoxical thing for the infinite to become finite, you know, yeah. and for the immortal to be mortal. I mean, it's just, it's just wild and not just like stepping into a, like a body, but yeah. a baby like an Indian. Yeah. That's so, the vulnerability of that is just, it's mind blowing to me. It um, is. It is. And just the treacherous nature of childbirth, even today, you know, but to yeah. have experienced that and to be under, to submit to the care of people. Of human of the very humanity that needs this saving, you know what a that's risky, risky business. Yeah, what a risky proposition. Like these yeah. people haven't gotten anything right ever. <laughs> really, <laughs> I'm gonna let. They're going to have to take care of me. Gosh, I saw a fascinating quote. I'm sure it's by uh, Rachel Held Evans. Am I saying that name right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get the quote right, but essentially what it was, it, it, it said before the Lord said, this is my body given for you. Mary said to the, to the Lord, this is my body given for you. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, kind of riffing off what you were saying about God depending on humanity. What a risk. But it worked out, thank God. <laughs> Can I just say something about the whole war on Christmas thing? Oh, yeah, please. What a ridiculous idea. Because look, <laughs> during Christmas, I hear not just jingle bells, but I'm hearing hymns in all sorts of places 
sung by all sorts of people. There's a hymn by Ronnie James Dio singing, uh, Oh, Come Art, All Ye Faithful, or something. Or what's the gentleman one? God Rest You, Merry Gentlemen. Yes. Ronnie James Dio singing, God Rest You, Merry Gentlemen, which is crazy, but it's pretty good too, if you like, uh, if you're a Dio fan. <laughs> but I'm like, what are y'all talking about? This is the one time of year we hear more about Christ than any other time of year. Don't right. freak out. It's okay. The message is getting out there. Oh. <laughs> Ran over. We should put, well, no, never mind. No, go ahead. You should put a copy of that song on this podcast. So <laughs> we'll, link, we'll link to it. We'll link to cool. it. Very cool. I think one of the more important aspects of the Christmas story of the incarnation for me is that it affirms how much matter matters, mm-hmm. which Christologically, I mean, that's just through everything. But again, just riffing on this idea that the instrument of all creation steps into creation Um and how affirming that is of creation, too, right? Mm-hmm. That creation then becomes the very theater for salvation. That salvation doesn't happen um, disconnected. It doesn't happen just within God's self, right? In eternity in some cosmos right. far away or something, or detached some way from creation, but that it's through a union with creation that god chooses to save us and to bind together then the infinite and the finite the incorporeal and the corporeal what and how how distinct that is from other religions or thought processes um and how then that should spur us to advocating causes in which we care just as much about this place as the theater right. of salvation as as that which was specially made by by Christ and that Christ chose to step into that's yeah. at least twice choosing it as good right i mean at creation right. and then at uh, the incarnation that it's worth saving Right. With all of us. Yeah, creation is sacramental in the sense that God is revealed through it, in it, right? The heavens declare the glory of God. But my goodness, if you had any doubts about that, the incarnation should put those doubts to rest. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think the the East and certainly our mystic friends are far more likely to talk about the incarnation that we celebrate at Christmas as being like an incarnation or the historical incarnation Uh because they want to talk about this perpetual incarnation of Christ in in creation that as the agent of creation that's not a one-time affair Right. And connecting those ideas, of course, with the sacramental theology as well, that those are other instances in which Christ is made physically present. Right. Yeah. Through blessing. 
God is with us. What's a favorite Christmas carol or Christmas hymn? For me? Yeah. What child is this? Hands down. Because it's a minor key too, right? Yeah. Then I think it's the Dorian mode. That one. And there's another one I just realized this year that's similar and kind of that minor. But I'm not going to remember the title. But yeah, always what child is this has always been top of my list. I'm a brooder, so I like that sound. (laughs) (laughs) And and you know the answer to the question. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Rhetorical. Would you like it as well if you're like, I don't know. Let's get to the next verse. That's right. (laughs) What about you, Charlotte? Speak music to me. You know, I really, okay, not properly Christmas, Mm -hmm. but I I love O Come, O Come, Emmanuel and going through all of the O antiphons like that and all of these names for for Jesus. Uh, I love that. People also tend to, I don't think this is a Christmas song either, but we sing it at Christmas, um, which is let all mortal flesh keep silence. It's actually from the liturgy. I think it's the liturgy of St. James, but so it's just, it's a uh, Eucharistic hymn taught again, the incarnation there. Um, But it has a a beautiful description, of course, of the heavenly worship and our intersection with that. Yeah. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel was the other one I was trying to think of. Mm. What else is a good one? I just named two things, two things that weren't Christmas carols for my favorite (laughs) carols. I like the medieval ones too. I mean, the Ryuichi and things like that, and the all the old German carols and things. But, but you're right. It's a it's a strange time of year to like go through the grocery store, whatever, and hear some of these songs. Right. It just just like playing and everybody knows the words practicing or christian or not exactly yeah i mean it really dawned on me this year mm-hmm. like, what war on christmas y'all y'all aren't paying attention no i'm hearing it, it everywhere and it's a real fantastic testament to the power of music too that a good yeah. tune and some fine words whatever and we're all singing along that that would be a yeah. primary primary means through which the faith is transmitted then you know oh you know yelling at people <laughs> <laughs> you brood of vipers <laughs> <laughs> you know that was like an, a serious issue with ambrose and the um who was he arguing with the Ar- just the arians anyway the anti trinitarian folks because their hymns were so much better. Oh, really? Yeah. And that got him into the hymn writing business. So okay. the the bad theology and the toxic things, it was yeah, everybody's singing along because it's <laughs> they got they well, got what the were best. those hymns about? Hmm? He's not divine, he's not human, he's something in between. <laughs> We don't know what it is, but it's an amalgam. 
I doubt they were doing it in show tunes. <laughs> he's not divine. He's a human. He's something in between. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, weird how that caught there. on, huh? <laughs> 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 All right. We're going to end that there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything else? And last thoughts on Christmas? Yay, Jesus. Yay, baby Jesus. Yay, baby Jesus. Yay, baby Jesus.